What's going on, everyone? It's your girl, Kristen R. Harris, and you are tuned in for another episode of God Put Me Up On Game. Hey, winners, what's going on? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Happy Wednesday. Super excited that you have decided to huddle up at the winner circle for another episode of God Put Me Up One Game. Super excited because today I have another game changer in the building. And of course, if you listen to the podcast regularly, then you know that our game changers are just some phenomenal people who have endured some things and they came out on the other side, they made it through and they garnered some game. God put them up on some game as a result of the situations that they endured and that they made it through. And so I love to share the game changers with the winner circle because, hey, we all can be inspired. Revelations 12 and 11, we are we overcome by the word of our testimony. So I want to share their game with you and hopefully you can be inspired. So today I am so honored to have a very special guest in the building. Um, I actually met her a few years ago. I don't quite remember even how we met. I'm going to say it probably started social media, but um, she is amazing. And the the crazy thing is I didn't know anything about her story. Um, I just really found out about her story from her her guest intake form so I'm going to be sitting here gleaning all this good information just like you guys are so I would like to introduce you to none other than Lestiner Martinez right did I get that right you got it right <laughs> you know my my south side sister girl came I'm like Lestina okay <laughs> That was one of the best ways I've heard someone pronounce my name. <laughs> Hi, Ms. Steiner. How are you? I am. Oh, my God. I'm so awesome. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm geeked. I'm like, all those things. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. And welcome to the winner circle. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. So what I like for everyone, the game changers who come down to the winner circle, I like for you guys to introduce yourself because baby, don't nobody know you like you. So yep. introduce yourself to the winner circle and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, perfect. Um, my name is Lestiner Martinez, but I go by Lestiner Inspires, which is actually my writer's name. Um, I am an award-winning author. I am also an inspirational international speaker. I am a healing and recovery accountability expert, and I'm also the founder and creator of Healing is a Journey, a quarterly series of conferences designed to help those who have gone through trauma and abuse learn how to start living their best and healed life. Oh, wonderful. So it sounds like you're out here doing the work, honey, out here helping people to heal and to live their best life. So I'm, I'm going to get to that in a moment. Um, I, I know that when I read your intake form, as I just said a moment ago, there were some things on there that I I had no idea of. And I'm like, man, you know, she when I look at LaSigner today, she's so resilient she's so powerful she's really walking you know in the the places that God has called her and I'm like man she does not look like what she has been through but um 
according to the information that that I read, like you have really suffered some traumatic abuse in your life. And I want you to um, just kind of walk us through this short version of the the your experience with being abused because here's the thing when when I listen to all the things you just said and then and then I read this I'm like well but how you know like <laughs> oh my god so I, I'm really interested to to hear like what that looked like in your life um so I started getting abused by my biological mother um at the, the very what I re- I don't remember a lot, but what I was told, like from age two, I was burnt with like scalding hot water. I was um emotionally, physically abused as well as sexually abused. Um, and my mom like didn't she like restricted food for me, like locking the refrigerator up with like locks. Um, just you know calling me evil or you know just calling me out of my name. Um, just very abusive and really, um. I was like afraid of her if I ever told anyone. So that was like the first, my first contact and instance with abuse was really at the hands of my biological mother. Um, and then at the age of 13, because I started to run away from home because I didn't want to be there, but I didn't have anywhere else to go. So I would just like run away, um, be out in the streets, not really doing anything too bad, but still not being safe enough home. Mm-hmm. And I got... Um, gang raped at like 13 by like seven to 10 young men Um, and that was that was something that was traumatic but I just at that time I just chopped it up so like it was just what happens when you're out here in the street and at 14 I was able to actually be placed in a group home because my grades started to slip like I was an all-a student I was a you know total proud nerd like I love reading but I never really spoke up in class but then I started getting F's I started rebellion um, stealing, um, just a lot of things that happen when you get abused and you don't really talk about it, just mm-hmm. those behaviors. And so at 14, my mom was like, my mother was able to place me in a group home under the presence that I was like being um, suicidal and had homicidal tendencies because I was so angry and aggressive. And no one really knew that I was going through this abuse. I never talked about it. Um, but I was also hospitalized several times for mental illness or depression from the age of seven all the way up until like probably my late teens and even being on depression medicine for majority of my life. Um, so then that, as I got older and was in a group home, I, you know, the cycle repeated itself because um, abuse begets abuse. And I just got into a relationship with a, a young man that was physically abusive, which I got out of it because I realized like, this is crazy. I don't want to like marry you, move away with you so you can kill me. So I got out of it. And then I got married, and since I didn't know myself, I just dealt with um, a different type of abuse, which was more emotional, um, with just cheating and just did lies and all the things that I just thought I just deserved because I was always told that I was crazy, nobody didn't want you. And so I accepted that as like my norm. I mean, it wasn't until I realized that my children, who have boys, were seeing me go through this process and my remember my oldest son I never forget this he was about 14 going on 15 and I had like taken my ex back for like I don't know the umpteen time after he did like just leave vanish do what he does and my oldest son was like why do you keep allowing him to come back and do the same thing and that moment I was like 
I'm trying to teach them how to be young men, and I'm sitting here allowing them to see their mother being treated like less than you know a lady. And I think that was the beginning of when the cycle started to break for me because I was like, you know what, this is not my, my babies are seeing this. You know, I I had made sure that I prided myself on guarding them from being abused. I would always make sure they were protected and safe because I didn't want anything to happen to them. But yeah, they were seeing their mom being treated less than, even though I wasn't in an abusive relationship, emotional, um, own scars within itself. And so I decided to take a step out of faith and leave my time and file for divorce and and venture out on my own, which was scary with three children, young children at the time. And so that began my journey of like really breaking that cycle of abuse and starting the healing process. And that was about eight years ago. Wow. Ooh, Lasiner. Wow. So when I tell you that when I look at you, I see this pillar of strength and uh, just beauty of resilience that I had no idea that you had endured literally emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Um, I think that, you know, it's so important to, I, I want to go back, let, let me say this, I want to go back and kind of unpack and, and go through a, a few of the things that you talked about. So, as you said, your abuse started with your mom. Yes. How, as an adult woman, how has that affected or did it ever affect your ability to forge relationships with, with other women? Oh, I didn't like women <laughs> for a long time. I didn't trust women. I always hung out with guys because, you know, um, I even struggled, struggled with my own like sexual identity. I didn't, I didn't think that, um, like having a, a woman as a friend was like possible. Um, it was just, it really made me look at women as like, in a just different light. Like now I have a lot of women friends, thank God. And I'm blessed with those. But then I was, I was always, I was so inferior to, I was always intimidated and inferior to women who I pursued were like um, prettier than me, smarter than me, had more than me. And so I just didn't, I never, um, got in those quote-unquote circles because I just felt like I was less than I felt like I didn't have anything to bring to the table and so I didn't really have a lot of women friends and I didn't really you know try to because I just didn't I didn't feel like I, that I could relate to anything that they had going on they couldn't relate to me how, how were you able to navigate to that to, to get from that place of inferiority to a place where you now have healthy relationships with women to be honest, God, he started to place, the first woman he placed in my life that showed me what a mom love was, my godmother, to this day, about maybe 25, 23 maybe, that was in my early 20s, and I was working at the hospital, right out of the school, and I remember she were talking, and I always admire her, because she's like, to this day, she's like classy, she like always keeps her hair, no, she's one of the women that if she goes to the store, she still has on heels, <laughs> you know, and, but she was so warm and inviting, and would just talk to me and one day I told her just a bit of my story and she just started crying and looking at her like oh that's my life you know and she was like no baby that's not that's not what people go through and I'm like oh okay but I had become so hardened to like what had happened that I just like mm, so it was okay. normal I always to taught you. myself don't cry so, yeah really it was like I, I I felt like if I allowed the emotion of what happened to me to get to me I was weak so I built up a resilient tough skin so 
it was kind of like it happened. I had to get over it because if I didn't, I would die in it. And so when I told her a bit of my story and she started crying, I looked at her perplexed like, why are you crying? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) and from that moment, I had a different respect for her. And then I eventually started calling her mom because she would, um, when I was going through with my ex, she would wash the kids for me. She would help with groceries. I mean, she did so much um, for my children that they call her Nana to this day. Um, and I still call her mom. So I, you know, holidays, she would buy me up because I never knew. I hated holidays because I was in a group home. And my, I didn't, everyone would go away to certain family members' house and I was stuck there. So I would go to her house and her family embraced me. And that was the first, um, my first encounter with a woman that did not look like what mm-hmm. I was so used to. And so that softened the edge for me. And then I, her mom, who I call grandma to this day, was like, baby, come on in. You know, she was a grandma that cooked, but didn't play no mess, but was loved my children, always, you know, treated them like her um, additional great-grandkids and treated me like her granddaughter to, and never looked any different. And so I believe that God forced those women relationships in my life to show me that there are women that can genuinely nurture and care the way God has created them to be. And so that, that was the even as I'm talking, I didn't even realize it, but that was the, the basis of how I eventually started to build up on relationships with women was through my godmom and her family, her sisters and her mother, all of them embracing me and treating me like their own. And to this day, I'm still, I still call them TT and mom and grandma, you know, and I still go to family reunions because they have not treated me any less. Wow, than. that's beautiful. Um, that That is so, that, so beautiful. That, and, yeah. and I think it really speaks to the 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 testimony that people may abandon you but god will send people in that space and sometimes we get so caught up on who we don't have but if we like really open our eyes there are people around us that god has positioned who can give us the same things and you know we you know you of course you expected that from your mother but he sent you a whole family like here is a mama, a grandma, a great, you know, like all of this for you and your children, yes. but you just had to be open to, to receive that. And I know sometimes because you may have endured some type of pain, it's, it's hard to open up and receive that. Um, to that point, how, how, how did you not harbor this as bitterness? You know, because I think being, having gone through all of that, it's easy to be bitter and to walk around with, you know, this chip on your shoulder. What do you say to someone who has endured, you know, maybe not even this level of pain, because this is a lot of pain, but how do you not walk around with that chip on your shoulder? So I always said that I was just like one of God's like special creations, because even amidst everything I, I would go through, um, inspiration has always been at the core of me. Being creative has always been at the core of me. Writing being a scribe has always been at the core of me. So that has kept me from being bitter because I will write stuff out. Um, I I like, I love music. So I taught myself to play the piano. I envisioned like imaginary worlds when I was going through this stuff that of a better place. So I always had hope and even had conversation with God, even though I didn't have a relationship with Christ at the time, I knew that it was a God. So I will always have conversation with him. Like, for instance, I would tell God like, okay, you know, this lady's crazy. Why would you put me here with her? <laughs> you know, at the age of like nine or 10, I'm telling God this because I just like knew I didn't mm-hmm. belong here. You know, I always knew that I didn't belong in this world, so to speak. And it wasn't until I started being filled with the Holy Spirit and being a Christ 
believer that I realized that we are called to be set apart. So for me, it was always holding on to this is not how my life should end up as. But I just didn't know what how it would look. I just knew that this couldn't be it. Like I just knew that this wasn't the end out to be all. And so that hope kept me, you know, inspiring myself to greater and, and even inspiring others. But in the midst of some of my worst moments, I would still try to help other people. Like when I was stealing, I would like share candy <laughs> with people. I mean, not that I'm right, a person right, to right. steal, but like, you know, I'm like, oh, you want some? Like it was just, I've always been that person that wanted to inspire people in spite of what I was going through and what um, I was feeling because it gave me this sense of like purpose. Then I know that was purpose, but now I know it is. Then it was kind of like it gave me this this mm-hmm. feel good mm-hmm. feeling, like I'm inspiring somebody. So that kept me from like I had my moments of resentment and bitterness, but it kept if not selling into my soul and causing me to causing it to spew out mm-hmm. into the world. So to speak. wow, I love it, love it. So as as a midwife, I understand, and and as a natural mother, I understand that pain always precedes the birthing of life what would you say was birthed out of you because of all of that pain that you endured? <laughs> Man, um, books, this conference, my healing ministry. Um, yeah, the ability to inspire people in spite of what I've gone through and despite of what they might be going through. That alone is like greater than anything that's that I've ever gone through. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Healing that that is amazing, and, and we're gonna talk about that healing conference in a minute. But I mean, just that alone, and you know, the books, and I mean, you're an award-winning author now. Go ahead with your best self, but all of that, hey. the ability to use all of that creativity, which I, I really applaud you, and I thank God because that creativity could have been completely suppressed you could have allowed everything that um has happened around you to just make you hide that and tuck it away because I think that that's what happens so much we see people they go through things and they um they allow what they've been through to take their voice away so I really applaud you for speaking up and, and writing and and doing the things that God has called you to do and using this because everything that we go through ultimately is, is for us to grow, increase our faith. But then it's for us when we've made it through to take that information, to take that game and use it to help somebody else. Um, so, so with yeah, that, yeah. with that whole piece on game, what do you think is the greatest piece of game that you took away from this time that you endured the abuse and slipped into depression? Like, I know you probably learned a lot of lessons along the way, but if you could pinpoint one thing, what, what do you think that would be? So this is one thing, but it's two parts that God does not make mistakes and that my life matters. Mm. Mm. It's so interesting you said that, that God doesn't make mistakes because one thing I wanted to to ask you, which I think may seem like a strange question, but the more I talk to people, I realize that everyone's views, well, everyone views their challenges from a different lens. But if you could go back and change that period of your life, would you? You know, no, I wouldn't. I No matter how painful it was and how, I hated my life at a certain point. I don't think I'll be where I'm at now 
like I feel like I'm about to cry, but I'm not gonna cry. Though. Um, <laughs> you I can cry. Like, the winter circle I, is a safe space for your tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't change it because every person I touch, every book I write, every time God shows me why He allowed so much to happen, is because of that. And I wouldn't be able to relate to people, especially the ones that's been hurt in such a deep level, the way I am, uh, and be so empathetic and sympathetic if it did not happen to me. So I don't regret anything. I wouldn't change anything because I know that even my mess ups, God's been able to clean up and fix and make it work out for his good. So, you know, I can't really complain. Or changing, you know, that's a that's a big girl statement. Like to to say that you you gotta have your big girl draws on. I'm just gonna be honest here, (laughs) because I'm sure we all can look back at some things that have happened in our life and say, you know what, I wish I didn't that that didn't happen that way, or I wish I didn't have to hurt that way. But you're absolutely right. Like everything that we have gone through, um, it 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 can be used and and God makes no mistakes. So even in those moments where, you know, maybe God wasn't, you know, that that wasn't that that wouldn't have been his perfect design, you know, but you know, we somebody was living in, in the free the free will reign, you know, it, it, and so they were doing what right. they wanted to do. But God still had his hand on your life and he said, you know what, I'm going to use this um in the future you don't see how this is going to work because again you're you're young and like you said you you didn't understand purpose you just knew that it made you feel good to help other people so i god put that in you like i'm, I'm going to give you the desire to help other people and later on you'll see how this mm-hmm. this works and i think that really goes to that romans 8 and 28 that we love to quote for all things work together for the good of those and so that's mm. that's the all you know that's that's the ugly the parts the abuse the depression the pain all of that so thank you so much Lestina that you are using or you're allowing God to to use you to use those ugly pieces to help other people okay, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> yes God yes so you have something really special coming up on the 28th of this month Share with us what the healing is a journey is all about. Is that is exactly what it that what it says? Healing is a journey. the The questions you asked me about what kept me from being bitter is a question I asked God one day when I was like, "Why is it I've gone through so much and yet I'm not like this like you know quote unquote angry black woman? Like I have my moments, but and I'm like, how can I help others who have gone through the same thing?" to see that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel you know I asked God that and this is after I had submitted my will to him and after I told him I would do what he wanted me to do and I gave my life over to Christ it was some years later where you know I tried my hand at so many different things I knew I wanted to be you know entrepreneur I knew I wanted to do you know great things I didn't want to just like go to work and come home I wanted to live in purpose and um I'm a, like I said, I'm a writer by nature. I'm a scribe. I write, 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 write. And I had written four what I thought to be workbooks. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do workshops. I'm going to help people, you know. And I was talking to my now editor. And she's like, no, God said it's going to be, like, bigger than workbooks. It's going to be, like, conferences. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, whenever I get, like, messages, I'm like, 
guy, you see my account? I'm like, okay. Like, does this do like, my okay, bank account match this what for. you're saying over here? <laughs> right, right. Like he don't already know. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make this a conference. And I was like, I'm gonna do this as a conference for to sell up to um so to backtrack, my biological mother passed away on December nineteenth of like two thousand and one, I think, I believe. And the night before she passed, God had told me to go to her and forgive her. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> but I did it and my obedience allowed me to really break free from what had happened and not harboring unforgiveness. So I was gonna do the conference initially on that day, one day conference, um, and launch all four parts of the books on that same day. God was like, No, go bigger. And I was like, <laughs> What? What do you mean? You know, it was like it needs to be four parts. Four, four quarters and I'm like do you see my bank account <laughs> once again I have no people no resources and God was like I will provide all that and so I trusted him I reached out to certain individuals that God had told me to reach out to I broke and I when I looked at how I wrote the workbooks they literally told a story mm-hmm. of a journey and that's why each quarter is a different topic so like the, the when you think about a journey you go through different segments different places stops however it may be but your healing journey is continuous you're always a continuous cycle of things that you're gonna have to go through maybe re-triggers but though it's always the same for components is forgiveness is the beginning of your healing when you forgive those who hurt you and yourself for whatever feelings you may have about yourself you allow the, your heart to soften up and for God to heal you, start to work on healing you. Because that's the first part that happened in March. June is talks about facing your fear. Because a lot of times when we get abused, trauma, we're fearful of things, like fearful of, of sharing our stories, fearful of people, just all type of fear comes into us. And we know that God is not giving spirit of fear, but it happens. And so it's like, how do you face the fear with faith? How do you do that? So that was the second in June. This one coming up in September is talking about purpose and identity because now you need to understand who you are because you're not your abuse. You're not what happened to you. You're not your pain. But who are you before God placed you in your mom's womb? And that's what this one talks about. And this one is really, I say, the biggest of all because number three is so important to me with the Trinity. And it's the one where God has really put me to the test with a lot of things. And because a lot of us walk around and don't know who we are and don't know our purpose, and it's not because of anything we've done. It's because of what's yes. been done to us. And so that's what September 8th is about. Which 28th, right? December, which is dreams and goals. 28th, yes. Yes. So that's, that's what the healing and journey is about. It's just helping those to go into these four parts to understand that you your healing is right there. You can get it, but you have to be willing to, to start the process and know that it is a process and it's continuous and you might fall down. But you get back up. You might cry. It's okay. You might get angry. That's okay too. But it's a journey, and does not happen overnight. So, if someone is interested in attending, are they able to jump right in for for part three, or is it necessary? Okay. okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't need to start at the beginning because God, He's everywhere, so He can, you know, boom, start wherever you wherever you start is where God will be. And, will and so, how do we um, find out more about the conference? So it's, uh, you know, I'm so bad with this bit.ly. Um, it's bit.ly forward slash H-I-J-A Eventbrite. Um, and when they 
or they can go to Eventbrite and type in Healing is a Journey. It'll pop right up. And there are, um, right now, there's a general admission ticket. There's VIP. VIP includes my next book that's coming out in a few weeks. And then if there's um, there's availability to sponsor. I've also partnered with um, Not By My Own Community, which is a nonprofit that provides resources and tools to those who have gone through domestic violence. So a portion of all the proceeds will go to that nonprofit beautiful, as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, we will also put the link in the show notes. So if you guys want to just open up the show notes and you can click the link. And if you need to get to your healing, then you need to get to Healing as a Journey conference so that you can begin that that journey to being free so that you can be free for to live your life and to help other people to live their lives. All right, let's find her. So I want to get into, this is like one of my favorite parts of the podcast. The, I, I just <laughs> named it, I think a couple of episodes ago, the the lightning round. I didn't have, I was just firing off questions, but just give me your first <laughs> knee jerk reaction. So um, number one Uh-oh. is, what's your go-to scripture for encouragement? Oh, Timothy. Okay, so I Forgive me for my ignorance. I don't know scriptures by heart, but the one, the one in Timothy that talks about God is not give you the spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. I have that written up Love on my wall. One of my favorites too. Number two, what's a song that always gets you hype? Any genre. Oh, so I will. You know, I love the Lord, but I can ratchet. be a little bit ratchet. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like Cardi right now, press, press, press. press like bro, when that song comes on, my kids they be teaching me the words. I like press, 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 press. And my youngest, when she's like, "Mommy, have you learned the words yeah. yet?" I'm like, "Look, my brain, I, my memory not as good as you all, but I'm, I'm working on it." Okay, so yes, that that would get me going too. All right, number three, I need you to pick a number one through two thousand for your random question. Three. You know, it's so funny. I, I. Every time I say one through two thousand, y'all come with these single digit numbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says, "What is the trait that you most deplore about yourself?" Oh, like I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does how does that overthinking mm-hmm. stifle you? Um, sometimes I will think so far in advance that I will give myself anxiety and then have a panic attack because I don't foresee 10 different scenarios that mm. probably won't happen, mm. but I've thought about them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. Well, Lassiner, I have thoroughly appreciated and enjoyed this conversation with you. I knew that it was going to be a blast. Um, before we go, <laughs> let the people know how they can connect with you, where they can find you out in these cyber streets. Ooh, but I'm all <laughs> over these cyber streets, so I'm like, so <laughs> my name is very unique. It's Lestiner Inspires. I'm a Lestiner Inspires or Lestiner Martinez across LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm also, I also have a YouTube channel, Assigner Inspires, where I upload videos. So hit me up. I mean, I'm always, I always try to encourage people. I tell people if you want, if you want to inbox me anything that you don't want to share publicly, I am open to being transparent and oh, genuine. that's so nice of you. That is, that is, that is beautiful because I tell people don't inbox me. No, I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm just kidding. Kinda, kinda, sorta. <laughs> I mean, with discretion. Now, if you come with some stuff that don't make no sense, I mean, I love the Lord, but I will block and delete you. I am petty, but I'm um, no. That was that, that was not okay. Block game is strong. Well, thank you so much for coming down to the winner circle and blessing us with with your story. Um, I again, I've said it probably probably three times already, but I really applaud you for your resilience and your strength and your courage to use your story to turn your pain into power. Because I, I love that, um, and and I appreciate you for using that for the benefit of of others getting on their healing journey. So thank you so much, and I pray nothing but blessings over your conference, um, mm-hmm. over the work you'll continue to do, over your books. God, I pray that you put her books in the hands of the right people who need this healing, God. Yes. God, and even send the right people in the doors for this for this conference, God, and just um, anoint her to continue to do the work that you have called her to do. Yes, in Jesus' name, I Amen. receive that. Amen. And Absolutely. thank you for having me. Well, listen, I love you too. I love you too. So listen, winners, I thank you guys so much for tuning in. You know, I say it all the time. God puts you up on the good game because he wants you to win. That's his desire that you should win, that you won't lose, that you won't fail. He wants you to win at this thing called life. And so that's where he shares the game until next time. It's your girl, Kristen R. Harris, and I'll see you again. I'm out. Bye. Thank you.